All right. Michael Martins from Oh Brother. Welcome to the Tim Ferry Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you for taking the time. Let me come over and get the ball rolling. Yeah, you came to the right spot. Yeah, it's beautiful. It is an absolute perfect day out here um, and a great day to talk about what's going on in your life and, and the band's life as well. If you're not familiar, Michael plays in a band called Oh Brother that is an Atlanta treasure. We all know them very well. They've, they've been active here for a long time and are an incredible force to be reckoned with live. Uh, they're a national touring band that's done many many, 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 many national tours as well as international and all of that good stuff. And we've had the pleasure of getting to play with you guys on a bunch of tours. I don't know how many shows you could even, could you even count them at Well, this there point? was at least 90 in one year. So, um. <laughs> yeah, familiar with you guys to say the least. And so once again, I'm so honored to have you on the podcast and be able to talk about, you know, some of what you guys have got going on. Um, Oh Brother is in the process of recording its what what record? Well, I, th- uh, I guess it's four. four. Fourth, fourth LP. Fourth full length. Yeah. Um, I got that wrong the other day. Got corrected. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get corrected. I, luckily, I found it out on myself. But, you had to Google yourself? Well, my Roman letters, uh, my Roman numerals aren't the best these days. <laughs> Not getting a lot of action on the iPhone, yeah. so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we are... Um, we're in the later stages of recording the record, uh, hopefully mixing and, and um, getting it buttoned up here sometime in the next month or so. Absolutely. Yeah. I've had the fortunate circumstances to be able to dip in and, and see what you guys have been doing. And when me and Steven have been trying to grab some footage here and there. And so I've got to hear the record coming along in some of the different stages in it. Man, it, it is sounding massive and really powerful and, and um, you know, all the adjectives that a band like yours should have, you know, epic and all of that. You know what I mean? It's just the drums are exactly how they should sound on an Obro record. The guitars are exactly how they should sound. I mean, everything's very dialed in. So you guys have got to be feeling charged up, positive about the results that you've gotten so far for this record, working with TJ down at Big Trouble and all of that. Talk about, you know, kind of the evolution of this record a little bit. Well, there's certain aspects um, of it that I feel like have are similar, um, <clears throat> but have been refined over the last couple recording um, yeah. sessions. Right. Uh, and part of that comes, you know, like you said, you've been able to be around for it. And I feel like um, every additional record that we put out, we're just spending more time with our friends in the studio. Um, and that has a huge influence. It keeps keeps you know we're basically sucking out all the good aspects of that learning how to work with each other learning like okay we don't need to um wade through these waters and trying to find this yes um when we know like this is how we get it and we know we're gonna love it yeah and then you can kind of expound upon that absolutely and then you have the other aspect of as a band um we've never written a record like this record um and I there mean is in some terms of the process. Different territory I'm yeah. hearing on this, you know, with some of the some of the songs you guys have you can almost tell you even like wrote you started building them differently almost. We built almost every song in the box. Okay. Um whether it was based around, you know, a vocal beats yeah. uh, beat that Anton came up with or um I mean literally at, at one at one point we were 
writing, I was basically playing the computer and every other instrument, there was about six or seven people just kind of set up in a living room and everything was going through the computer, but we were all just writing live, you know, whether it's synths or directing guitars or, yeah. you know, drum, like, sample pads. And um, and then we sat with that stuff for a year and a half. Absolutely. Um, getting together, you know, and, and just kind of picking a song and sifting through it and, you know, maybe... One day we would, you know, replace all the drums samples and and beef up the actual rhythm part of it, um, or record a couple like guitar parts, and then we just come back to it. And it's been one of the um, most laid back experiences, I would yeah. say. I think one of the because you know we're sim- in a similar way that we've been doing this for a while now, and one of the great rewards I think of <clears throat> being able to get to a place where it's your whatever past your third record or something like that is that you've the comfortability of knowing each other that well and being able to write together you know you've you've gone through all the emotional feeling each other out your first second record with we don't band. fight anymore yeah exactly you know, like, it's like you know not everyone's not doesn't have to be so territorial so insecure mm-hmm. all of those things and it allows the band to operate freely make choices without you know having to consider um, you know hurting other people's feelings or stepping on each other's toes you kind of just get to the task and it's much like other crafts where it's like, all right, I've built a house a few times. I know how this works right. now. You guys are definitely at that point now where you've, you've, you're professionals now, you know? Yeah, and if there's something that we, we you know, if someone suggests something, our, our rule for the last couple of years has been just try it once. Yep. Whether we're yeah. jamming a new part or something that they want to put on a record, if it's a major change, a minor yes. change, whatever, you yeah. know, just, just hear it and you're going to, there's going to be a consensus. Definitely. Everyone's worked together long enough to know that like, we know how each other, you know. We know how we think, how we yep. how we tend to work, and yeah. Um, and you have to be open minded to allow people, even like you know, having Andy and Rob mm-hmm. involved on this record again. You guys have gone through the stages of learning to get to know them and to get to trust them, and the years of experience and time that's mm-hmm. there allows you guys to work together and once again get to a better product quicker by all kind of. I using first, that experience. Yeah, I first realized that during the pre-production of Endless Light. Right. Um, doing it up at your studio, and uh, it was the first time that we all got in a room and were physically playing the songs. Um, and, you know, people were just throwing around ideas or small critiques. And if if I felt strongly enough to, to say, I don't think that's going to work, or let's hear it, and then, yeah, it's still not my vibe, for the most part, you just move on. Right. And it's all good. And right. then, you know... That's not the the case for every suggestion. Some are going to be, wow, that was, I can't believe I never thought about that. Some are indifferent because, yeah. you know, maybe something that sounds okay to you sounds amazing to someone else mm-hmm. and you don't want to stop that freedom either. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's it's been so smooth. And yeah, well, you could tell. You can hear it in the record and mm-hmm. I'm really excited for everyone to to get to hear this record. I, From what I gather, from what we've been talking and filming and all of that, it seems like this thing is going to come out sometime in the fall. Is that, That's the is plan. That, yeah. Okay. Um, and I, th- I think it's realistic. Absolutely. I don't know if, uh, you know, maybe vinyl will be delayed a, a couple of months or something. We're doing it essentially on our own. Right. Um, you know, with the help of our friends. Yes. And, um, you know, at this point, we just want it to be organic. You know, there's, 
we're not really touring much, so there, there's not a lot of deadlines there, which has been kind of nice, and it was a hard transition, but, you know, it's it's something that I feel like we've all just kind of sunk into. Yes. Um, and that's totally fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully October, and then maybe a few more things. You know, that's, this is kind of the foundation for what we're doing next. Absolutely. So put this record out, continue to put out music a little more quickly now that we're, you know, back kind of in an active phase, and um, just have fun. I love it. Know? That's the right attitude. That's yeah. how you know you're going to enjoy it. So I want to shift gears a little bit kind of more to to, to Michael um, and less of Obro and ask you just a couple questions as as it pertains to food and your connectivity to it as most of my guests um, that I've been having on this show are creatives are, or are you a lot of times connected to food or the food industry and uh, kind of operate outside of like, you know, a norm, maybe what you would call a normal nine to five role or something like that. And so, um, I know that you've been kind of, uh, something I found very interesting is that you've been able to use the skill set that you've developed touring with Obro and taking care of, um, a lot of the management style things, tour managing, taking on those responsibilities. Um, it's something I've always admired about you and we've toured alongside you guys. I've watched you you know, oftentimes have to sacrifice the fun um, of the night to be maybe the guy that's making sure the hotel rooms get booked or that you get safely where you're going. Oh, I'm still having plenty of fun doing that. <laughs> I know you get your nights in too, and I'm, I've been there right with you. But hurting um, a van full of <laughs> a van full of dudes at <laughs> two in the morning, all into one one. Uh, it's a nightmare. You know, like logistically sneaking sleeping bags into. A few like uh, hotel hotels room. is yes. sometimes yeah. <laughs> you have to go through the lobby. I know, there is I no know. side door. I'm sorry. I gotta go to that lobby bathroom right now. Sorry. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's just part of um, the experience level that you've garnered by being right. out there and learning how to deal with people. And so I was very interested to talk with you a little bit about how you've been able to bring that now over into your restaurant experience and mm-hmm. apply that. So can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think it's important for people that to understand you can take your skill sets and diversify them and move them around Completely. and develop them so that you can actually be, have skills that, you know, maybe not somebody else in the, the restaurant industry doesn't have the same skills that you have, or you've got a unique angle. So talk a little bit about how you've been able to, to kind of merge the two things. Mm-hmm. Well, I've always loved, um, logistics and execution, mm-hmm. I guess you, you could say. Um, and I, with that, I also have a strong affinity for volatile industries. You know, um, <laughs> you gotta be able to handle chaos. Yeah, and yes. I'm like, I'm okay with that because yeah. that's your for, life. For me, dude. <laughs> yeah, for me, like if if the world is burning, like I would love to just take a deep breath and figure out like what yeah. pile of fire to put out yes. first. Um, and transitioning that from you know the music industry to the restaurant industry. I mean, the best part about it, I guess I would say, is that it's stationary. <laughs> um, you can go home at night. Yeah, 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 and that's been pretty cool the, the older I've gotten. and um, But at the same time, there's there's something different every day. Um, and I don't know, I just like, I like being a support person, you know? I have no problem standing on, a fr- on, on front of, of a stage in front of a thousand people, but at the same time, like, I'd like to be in the background. I like Getting to be stuff done. Yeah. And that's yep. also why I really love playing drums. Yeah. Like 
The rhythm section holds that shit down. Yeah, man. It's the support role, but you've learned to flourish mm-hmm. at it and, and apply it in other areas. Too. If you can be strong and consistent and mm-hmm. be what you need to be, whether yes. it's a drummer or whether I'm, you know, designing a payroll system for a restaurant, if it works the way it should work and nobody notices that it's even there, they just know that, you know, they can count on whatever the, the system is. Mm-hmm then everything else can flourish and up, uplift and draw attention and, like, you know, garner, you know, change. Absolutely. I'm, I'm okay. I love living in consistency. Absolutely. Not for the sake of, you know, uh, a bland a, bl- a bland role, but just just being a, kind of a, a spine, a rock. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of – it's very a very good point. Um, consistency, especially, you know, obviously in the restaurant industry, especially in the music industry, mm-hmm. um, it's one of the, the most maybe potent things you can have is if you keep a consistent thing going, you will sort of outlast all of these kind of come and go flash in the pan things. You know, there's a lot of bands they want to be. They'd like to be huge. They'd like to be, you know, recognized. They'd like to be a brand household name kind of thing and but they can't get these everyday consistency things down Mm -hmm. and they don't I don't sometimes they don't realize maybe that you know it's not always just like on the mountaintop experiences it's it's having a system down that you can rely on trust on your guys know what time they need to be in the lobby they know it just takes a schedule and it can't all just be wild <laughs> partying exactly. and rock shows and like oh, you, otherwise you'll never get anywhere you'll never get anything done you'll not you won't be on time it just takes guys like you in bands a lot of times i don't think you know, you necessarily get the credit that you sometimes should deserve for that management role that says, hey, I'm going to make sure we all get here safely with accommodations, all of that stuff. It's a lot of work, but it has to be there in order for a band business to actually be established and to be, you know, functional and successful. So it's just, I, I love shining a little bit of light on those kind of behind the scenes like what what's the heartbeat of this thing like what what keeps it going what keeps it real how has obro been able to do this for 10 years and still be able to make a new record that sounds better than the last ones have you know it's it's a it's a culmination of all your experience now yeah and i think it it comes down to everyone kind of learning um you know what they need to be doing yes. what they should be doing and yeah and also pushing themselves to do some things new, you yep. know, but the important part, especially about being in a band, you know, bands will usually break up before they stop putting out music. Right. Um, there's yep. no reason for us to break up because we love each other. Yes. We are, we're an actual family. Yes. And, um, you know, what everyone has learned is that everyone has their own lane. And if we change directions, we go together. Yeah. You know, you just have to go together, yeah. you know, whether it's knowing that, you know, there it, it's hard physically to be on a bus or in a van with, with five or six other people um, and the stress that kind of brings on, but knowing that you, you hop out each night and you're executing a vision, you know, how your, how your performance and how the, the entire entity of a brother, what they're going to do tonight from the way you treat venue staff 
to the way you treat other bands Absolutely. to how quickly you get your shit loaded out, you know? And once you once you cover kind of the, the ground of consistency, then it, everything gets a lot easier. Absolutely. I think you guys have, have, have a reputation for being kind, considerate, experienced guys. You know what I mean? You've been around for a long time, but I've never... I've never gotten any sort of arrogant, even close to vibe from anyone in your band. It would be um, a waste of time. It would like, be, but there's a lot of these guys running around acting right. like they're, they're, you know, I won't get into it, but it's like, you know, I need to see five years on the resume before I'll even listen to what you've got right. to say, you know, right. just kidding, but kind of. I mean, you don't have to kid about it. Like... <laughs> People are difficult and they can really suck. Yes. You know, yeah. and good people can suck at times. Like, that's because people are people. Yeah. But it's a tough ulti- industry, yeah. too. Yeah. You know, ultimately, what you have to remember is that you are always going into somebody else's world, whether yeah. it's the opening band, yeah. you know, being a part of you know, the headliner tours. Like, it's that's your package. You know, like when we go out with Manchester, it's Manchester's tour. You know, like we're there to fill a very specific role to, to bring what we bring to the package and, and whether that's fans mm-hmm. or the dynamic of the music in the night. We're going to also, talk, though, but, about Anton coming into our dressing room all the time, dude. Like, it's just... Listen, he's a little hard-headed there. Um, totally kidding. Spent a lot of nights just kind of calming him down. And I'm usually in y'all's dressing room. I'm like, what's up? But, man, let's go on tour again. I'm starting to miss it. Just talking about it. That always happens. You start talking about it, and now you want to go. Um, but we are kind of getting sort of to the end here. And I just wanted to kind of wrap this up by saying, um, I, I am so excited about this new record. I'm so proud of you guys for the time and the work that you put into it and the quality that I'm already hearing. And I'm very excited for fans and new listeners to discover Obro because, and I've been reintroduced to a lot of, uh, the excitement that a lot of, especially I feel like Atlanta people have for y'all's bands and they feel attached to it, attached to the people in it. There's not, it's not just, oh bro, it's almost, there's this network of people, mm-hmm. you know, the Spencers, all these guys that when I think of you, I almost think of them too, because everyone's so interconnected. And so, um, it just means a lot to see you guys out here crushing, still doing, fighting the good fight and mm-hmm. doing it well and all that. And, um, I'm excited for kids to hear it. And to get on board and to to get down with this new record, and I'm proud of just all the work and everybody that's been involved in it. I mean, there's there's a lot of players now, you know, Rob, Andy, everybody that's that's kind of put their imprint on it, and it's mm-hmm. it's the quality is showing. So, um, and I hope that we get to play some shows. I'm sure you guys will be at the stuffing, right? I imagine we will. Yeah, be. be at the stuffing. So we know, you know, and I mean, I don't know how many months that is from now, but. It'll be here before we know it. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to the future. And um, any Obro shows, do you guys have anything on the calendar right now that we should go ahead and plug? Um, well, uh, it, it depends on when this podcast is coming out. We got a string of stuff in the works for like yes. the fall. Okay. Um, hopefully based around this record coming out. Awesome. So, um, just enough to have a really good time yes. and see a lot of friends again. Yeah, and absolutely. Play some music. Uh, Okay, Michael, what's your dog's name? 
Murphy. Murphy. Murphy's at the back door and he really wants to come out and love on us. But we're we're gonna wrap this uh this podcast up pretty soon. You can come back out here, Murph. But yeah, he's a quick, big lover. Yeah. I mean it's a beautiful day. <laughs> a little I can't too big. Um I wanted to to touch on real fast a, a common topic for me and you, which is drums. Uh we both enjoy it, both play it. And so I wanted to ask you a couple of just drum-centric things real quick, um, if you don't mind. Um, I was wondering, is Oprah the first band that you played drums in? Um, I guess officially no, um, but I would say that it's an it's an iteration of really the only band I've ever been in, which was something else playing with Anton and Johnny. Okay, so it's always um, been I, I guess kind of yeah, it's kind of like the third iteration of of what that began when we were 14, 15 years old. Um, but now it's it's always been my bread and butter. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So. You know, talk about getting started on drums and how did that happen for you? Did you start playing real young or were you like me? I started playing kind of, I think 14 is when I sort of discovered drums. Yeah, that's about when, yeah. um, maybe 13 or 14. Uh, you start realizing a rock band will make you cooler, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It would get us a little Hopefully. closer to Blink-182 in those days. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah uh, Anton and John and I were always around at that point and we all, I originally had been playing guitar um, but when we all essentially picked an instrument, I decided that I wanted to go back to drums and, yeah. um, Anton got a bass, Johnny got a guitar and that's kind of where we all stayed for a while. What was that first drum kit you were banging on? Ooh, Starion. <laughs> it was a blue Starion set. Um, is that the brand Starion? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I bought it. Well, it was Mars Music, which is not around, um, uh, Guitar Center. Yeah. Bought them out or something like that uh -huh. around, I don't know, like 2007, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, they, uh, they, they supplied everything we needed, including the hopes and dreams and, um, just kind of been where I've been since then. And you're still playing Starry on to this day. To this day. Um, a new kit every year or so, cause they're not great, but no, actually I, I love what I play, which I have been playing since about 2010 or 11. It's just a hodgepodge of, um, kind of seventies era, uh, different, nice pieces mm -hmm. and you're a um, double floor tom guy i am I'm like i always i always i'm like i need to start adding some more stuff because that's what makes you a good drummer is more drums well i arrived at the double floor toms by by taking things away yeah um originally i had kind of a traditional setup and um <laughs> the uh when we started touring i Essentially dropped down to at one point I think it was like a hi hat, yeah. a ride, kick snare floor. Um, You're like that's and, so easy to set up. Yeah, but then as our sound kind of grew, like I I needed more, mm -hmm. so all I did was add another crash cymbal and um, a, an extra floor tom, and I just lived there. And everything's big; it's all you know, twenty fours and twenty twos and eighteen inch floor tom and sixteen inch floor tom, and it's just fun to play. Yeah, like, but I cannot. I cannot play a rack tom anymore. <laughs> it's I, like, that's been gone for a long time. Yeah, that yeah. motor function just kind of disappeared. Um, yeah. Well, I love how you play, man. You definitely, you have a very unique way of approaching your drum parts, I feel like. You know, you're not, there's a lot of guys that are kind of just go straight at it, but I feel like you take the time to kind of deconstruct beats if you can mm -hmm. or, you know, flip the beat on its head so that it, it's not as standard. How do you... When you go into writing your drum parts for the records, how do you 
what what are you seeing? Who are you trying to you know summon up in your playing, and and how do you approach writing those parts? I'm curious. Um. Well, I have definitely learned to be much more intentional and base what I'm doing out of necessity. I like that. Um, I I don't want to overplay. Uh, it's not necessarily based on skill, um, though I've I've never been a showy drummer. Um, you know, I didn't do band when I was in, in school or anything. So I've always just played out of, like, what feels good. I love that. And, uh, you know... It's just always it's just always kind of worked. I love I do love trying to think left of center, but not too far to left where it doesn't make sense. Like right. if you know, I don't want to be weird just to be weird, but I I want you know a rim to serve a specific purpose in a specific verse. Right. You know, right. or you know, and even some of that even comes down to some somewhere along the line, I started doing a lot of like manual fade outs and fade ins. Yeah. Um, maybe that was a live thing just because it's fun to do, but Dynamic it's, it's made its way into a couple parts on this record. I and it's it. just like, you know, just knowing that you can push and pull an acoustic instrument Yep. and um, get I heard different. A, I heard a really good songwriter say one time he liked a drummer. It was a, <clears throat> an older guy that had been playing for years and years, kind of like a Nashville guy. And um, the songwriter was saying this drummer, every fill everything he plays, he knows what he's going to do before he does it. Every time he's coming up to the next fill, it's purposeful. He's choosing, you know, that pattern fill because that's what needs to be in the song. It's setting up the next fill down the road to be more powerful and more, you know, pushing the the, right. the song's energy and all that. And I, I, you know, I think that's kind of, we, I hope, you know, that's what we're, we're after as well is writing parts in songs that, impact the song and the songwriting for the better, you know, and we're not trying to, I try to, we try to stay out of the way of the song and let it be what it needs to be and service it and enhance it, you know, and that's a really, it takes a long time to kind of get to that point where you're, you're doing that to a song or, or bringing that to the table in the songwriting process. Wouldn't you sort of agree? Yeah. And, um, I mean, not to smooch on your lips a little bit too much, but, uh, I really feel like you did that in Black Mile. I tried, um, man. The more and I more that a long time. Man, it's so cool though because and I haven't known you as a drummer for too terribly long, yeah. you know, starting around simple math kind of, but yeah. and I know that I've heard you say like you guys approached this record what what would we you said okay what would we normally do and then let's try to do something different. Absolutely. Um but none of it feels out of place um it all serves a purpose and but it's it's your drumming and i know it's you but it's everything that i feel like you you would think okay well like what else would i do you know and it when you can get to that point as a drummer and as a musician playing whatever you're playing you know and then as a band um because everything is layered you know if if the bass and the drums and the guitars are all doing something different but something necessary and something unique but something cohesive then the entire record itself record itself is going to have this dynamic that kind of ebbs and flows mm -hmm. with the different parts yeah and then what you know with what the band envisioned as a whole when you're listening to the song and then what the band envisioned as a whole as you're listening to the record yes um Absolutely. and and then it's just fun to kind of live in that and it and is. talk about it and grow and, and develop yeah it's it's really exciting. I kind of feel, 
I'm a lot of drummers like yourself, what, one of the main things I almost, I feel like I'm hearing is as you get older, I just hear less cymbals yeah. in the songs. There are multiple uh, songs on this record that either do not have a floor tom in it or don't have a cymbal. Yeah. And it's not that I just, I just didn't write them into the uh-huh. part and that's, that's fine. But um, it kind of, it cleans up the, mm-hmm. the frequencies in the song. and lets really, other things have their time to shine, you know? See, that's considerate drumming, Michael. I really appreciate it, man. All these other kids out there is killing me, man. Stop banging. Less on that is ride. more. <laughs> like that just when you when you can really latch onto that and then let that marinate for yeah. a couple years yeah. and like to where you don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the best lesson that I've ever learned. Um and I learned it playing drums for uh like a traveling worship band in mm-hmm. 2005. That was probably the that was the first time I really got to experience a tour. Like we would play these college conferences and stuff, and it was my first time playing to a click and playing to samples and loops. Um, and the one thing that within the first week of rehearsals, while I was learning all the songs that um, that the leader told me was less is more. And yes. I was because I, I was flailing yeah. back then, yeah. you know, like You're especially like trying to rip fills. Yeah, yeah, like a fill. <laughs> All the time, you know, and um, but you know, I I I dug that out of out of my playing, and I don't even think about it. And now I just love that I can like, there's breaks in the song, yes. you know, like yes, and it's just fun. I appreciate it, I really do, because it's something I I definitely notice, and uh, it's like a, it's like a fine wine or something. You're like ah, thank you for you mm-hmm. know doing the right thing in this song and not trying to make it into a. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you want to call it, a shred fest. Or every like a, song, every part doesn't session. have to be everything. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. You know? Well, it's been, you know, an absolute blast talking about drums. Um, and I'm hoping very soon we will be able to do some features on the the TVD or something like that where we're able to do some playthroughs. And uh, I definitely want to do some with you very soon. Um Whenever we can get some schedule, some studio time scheduled. So, Let's do it. yeah. Okay. Well, Michael, thank you so much again for taking the time. I love you, man. And um, looking forward to all the great things that, oh, brother, and you have in store for this year. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, all Steve. Right. Hey, we want to thank you again for checking out the Tim Berry podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure to subscribe, rate us, review us, love us, check us out, and keep listening to the episodes. Thanks.